Welcome to the If I Only Knew podcast with Debbie and Veronica, two friends with a combined age of 110 years. I'm 65. And I'm 55. Between us, we have five kids, three grandkids, and a total of 75 years married. Now it's time to be inspired, laugh a lot, and learn to thrive. Welcome back to the If I Only Knew podcast with Debbie and Veronica. We're so excited that you've joined us again today. Today, we're talking about a subject that had both Debbie and I in therapy this morning. Yeah, we did. Yep. Mm. We're going to discuss loneliness, and we're going to discuss not loneliness as in being um, isolated uh, by yourself, um, but loneliness in a sense of people around you and feeling lonely, more the feeling rather than the the, situation. State of mind. The more of the state of mind of loneliness. Yes. I also, uh, we both did a little bit of research and when we came up as sort of a synopsis of things that we found, um, loneliness and social isolation. So sometimes when people isolate themselves as a result of whatever kinds of loneliness, a lack of connection that they're feeling, it, that can be as damaging to health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Um, this was based on a, a UC, UCLA study. Um, and they found this particularly more with people over 65. I guess I'm in trouble. Anyways, um, scientists have known for sure that loneliness and everything that we read in our literature demonstrates that it can be emotionally painful and lead to psychiatric disorders. So such as depression, anxiety, even, even schizophrenia or hallucinor. I can't talk. Hallucinogenic. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Delirium. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Um, the main thing is that you need to pay attention to in terms of that is that it causes inflammation and inflammation, as we know, chronic inflammation is a reason why we have things like heart disease, stroke, cancer, and Alzheimer's. So it's particularly a problem for that. If you ever feel like you ache all over and you associate that with some of your loneliness, it's related to some chronic inflammation. So that was just a little bit of tying something physiologically to what's happening to us emotionally. Yeah. Cause we know that a lot of things that happen in our brains can affect or our emotions can affect what happened in our, bo- our physical bodies. And so it's really important for us to identify what loneliness means for us and, ha- and learn how to deal with it and live beyond it. And not live with it because you don't want to live, learn to live with loneliness, right, Debbie? No, no. Yeah, it's not healthy. Um, we want to learn how to get past uh, whatever it is that's causing us to feel lonely and learn to develop a new normal for ourselves. Right, right. Yeah. So what, what's, what does it mean for you? Do you what's loneliness? Yeah. What, what's the cause for you? Do you have loneliness, I guess, is my first question. absolutely. I think all of us at some level at different times experience loneliness, but I think that deep kind of loneliness that happens when you're in a a room full of people and you still feel lonely, I think that's a unique kind of loneliness, and that's the loneliness that we're talking about that we need to learn to to, um, uncover how to deal with. And so for me, yes, I definitely feel loneliness. And for me, my spirituality comes into play a lot. I feel lonely when I'm not connected to God and when I'm not, 
um, having the being filled up in my relationship with God. That makes me, it doesn't matter how much people are pouring into my life. If I don't feel that connection to God, I feel very lonely. And then I can't give. And I do, I still do. I pour out to people, but I'm not feeling filled up. I feel very empty. And, and then eventually I get very overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. So what about you? What is loneliness for you? I think loneliness has taken different shapes for me. Uh, when I was younger, I was an only child. So I was very lonely as an only child. And I always would hang on to friends and be very competitive for friends. Mm. Um, and so stories I would tell myself were things like I wasn't worthy enough to have close friends. I mean, everybody had a brother and a sister. And, you know, in those days and even now, um, it was, you know, I was only children are tend to be on their own. They're only children. Um, so I lived sort of in a state with, where I felt, well, that, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't go home to a brother and sister. And my friends would say to me, well, if you go home to a brother and sister, you have to fight over things and, you know, and all that. And I witnessed a lot of that. But as time went on, um, I carried some of that. And in college, it was great. You know, everything's wonderful. And then as you're, you start and you get married and you build your relationships, you have children. Um, and I, interesting, I have an only child. So I, I'd love to know what he thinks on this topic. But uh, it's he does very well with lots of his friends and friendships and, and with two children, which are now my grandchildren. So I think at that time, you're really connected in so many ways. I don't know that you, you know, you get into things, but you're busy running around, um, going to games, uh, tournaments, uh, events, graduations. So, oh, we're going on college trips. Uh, even in my group of circle of friends, uh, we would go together on vacations. We had one group of friends for vacations and then that group of friends changed. We had another group of friends. So you're always somehow surrounded, I feel like. And then I didn't really think about it. I was working full time, trying to raise a family and running around like a crazy person, you know. But then comes this period where your your children leave. You know, when my son left for college, um, I was pretty devastated and felt that none of my friends were going to fill that void um, at that time. We tried, but we were all struggling at the same time. So it was hard for us to help each other. In that situation, uh, I did a replacement therapy and bought Darla, my crazy Darla. Um, so, and that was helpful because it took my mind off of things. And I think in time you adjusted and you went, well, okay, this could be like really fun time. And soon with my husband, we found our fun time and all of our friends, we did the same. So again, we were still with the friends, but the friendships were changing again. As I approach now, as I am in my sixties at 65, I find that that loneliness is much more prevalent. I think because as I've set up a pattern of time, how I operate as a person, I'm always trying to help people. Um, and so I'm not always as available to my friends. So I don't, because by the time I'm done helping, uh, you know, family or whatever, I don't have anything left to reach out to a friend. So I'm not always the best friend. And I find other friends are going to get to do things together and I might feel left out. Uh, and just a different set of loneliness or what I need for connection now is so different. You know, the, the stories of, you know, what everybody's doing or whatever, that's fun. And yes, it's good to catch up, but I need a deeper connection. I'm feeling like I'm missing somebody who, um, much like I have with you, Veronica, and that's yes. what we've talked about this, where, you know, once we get together, it's like, oh, okay. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, okay, past that, what are some of the essence of things that we're feeling? 
what is the struggle of being an entrepreneur? What are the business challenges? What are the new hobbies we want to get into? What are the, you know, I just don't want to talk about what my stomach's doing or what my, my this is, you know, I'm going to the bathroom this month. This is what happens as people get older. I'll no sleep, the hell they poop, all this stuff. And, you know, not saying that that's exactly where I'm at right now, but I long for that. So I get lonely. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, I think one of the things that as we've been like um, looking at loneliness and exploring the subject of loneliness, um, I think it's highlighted some things for us that maybe for me, especially were kind of unexpected. Like I started to realize that, okay, I don't. So for you, what, what I hear you saying is that you, um, you feel full and you gain a lot of your sense of not being lonely from some of the activities and connections that you have with people. Discussions. Discussions, good discussions. and that kind of thing. Right. Whereas for me, my sense of loneliness comes when not when I have co deep connections. I can have very deep connections with people and still be feeling very lonely because mine is more at a spiritual level. Right. If I am feeling disconnected from God, then for me, it doesn't matter how deep my discussions are with people, I am still feeling, feeling lonely. lonely. And it's interesting because that gives people the freedom to experience it whatever way they do. That's one of the things I love about us. Right. You know, there's that we both experience things in totally different ways, but yet in similar ways too. So it's it's really good. So if you're out there and you're listening to us, maybe hopefully you can relate to one of us or right. perhaps your um, sense of loneliness is totally different than what we've talked about. And we'd love for you to, you know, talk to us about that. And yeah, feel free to DM feel free us, to or DM us because right. uh, we have lots more research than what we can do in the 25 minutes right. that we're with you guys. And so um, what we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that can cause loneliness okay. for us. Okay. Um, so how about a fear of being rejected? Well, rejection's never fun or being left out is a way also when you're left out, when a group of friends get together, they say, okay, we're going to invite so-and-so and so-and-so, and, -so and then so-and-so does somebody, and you might be that person that's left out. Um, Whether that's intentionally or unintentionally, exactly. you feel rejected. You feel rejected. Yes. And it can be very painful. I mean, like crying really hurt your heart kind of feeling. Well, here's a little research that I found. Rejection is so incredibly painful. Rejection piggybacks on physical pain pathways in the brain. MRI studies show that the same areas of the brain become activated when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain. This is why rejection hurts so much, neurologically speaking. In fact, our brains respond so similarly that Tylenol can help reduce emotional pain rejection. Um, in a study that was done, the, um, there was a hypothesis that rejection mimics physical pain. Researchers gave participants Tylenol before asking them to recall physical rejection experience. The people who, um, I'm sorry, they gave them Tylenol before asking them to recall a painful okay. rejection experience. Okay. The people who received the Tylenol 
were six, responded significantly less emotional pain than subjects who took a sugar pill. Okay, how fascinating Isn't is that? Isn't that fascinating? So, yeah, the brain and how it looks at it. So, yeah. so you're not crazy. No. Nope. Okay, if you're thinking to yourself, why was I a blithering crying, like so upset for days? I mean, do you ever feel that when you're yes. rejected? Days. And and it's true emotional pain. So it really is. Yeah. It is definitely true emotional so pain. And see- so you need to be willing to deal with that. Why is it that you um that we don't. Why weren't we willing to? I think for me, it's because I never knew that it it was actually that powerful. Right. So that's, yeah, that's definitely a really tough one. And that can lead into then when we've been rejected, then we, we have a really hard time trusting yes. again, yes. going into relationships. Like, is it going to happen again? And is I don't want to go through this. Exactly. I don't want to be the odd man out. Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, just almost like what junior high was like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what junior, junior high was like. Yeah, and some of us are still dealing with pains from junior yes, high, probably, true. right? We yes. need to deal with some of that as emotional women. rejection. Yes. Yes. It's emotional. And we'll talk more, as we said, the beginning podcasts of the month are really focused on the issue itself and, and some of the challenges. And what we're trying to bring to you is what have we overcome or tried to deal with and, and want to bring a greater awareness of so that... So that then when we get to the meat of what's the action plan, you've had some time to digest that and connect to what we're saying and reflect on yourself. Do you have this kind of loneliness? Is that a source of that loneliness? Rejection. Are you in a bunch of group of friends where maybe that group of friends, that's kind of the, the modus operandi. Somebody's left to me meant, you know, to be in that situation. Well, that's you know, an answer there is get out of that group, but, yeah, but exactly. still you just, exactly. it's just another point. Well, one little story that I have from my, and I haven't told you this one from my high school years was my name was, um, my maiden name is Smith and my nickname growing up was Ronnie. So Ronnie Smith. And when I was in high school, one of my, um, girlfriends in my very close group of girlfriends got angry with me about something. And so every time I would, um, come over to my group of girlfriends, one of them would say, IRS, IRS, and they would all get up and just walk away. And finally one day, and I was like, what the heck? What is going on? And so finally one day I got one of them and I said, what is IRS? What is going on? And she said, well, it means ignore Ronnie Smith. Oh my Lord. And I was like, why? And so she told me what had happened and why the girl, the kind of ringleader had decided to implement this on me. So needless to say, it has taken me a few years, I'm 55, (laughs) to kind of get past that because it was extremely painful. It's very hurtful. Yeah. So you have to be, and I have, I feel like I've really worked through a lot of that in my younger years, like in my thirties, I think I, I kind of dealt with a lot of that. Um, But but if, but I still sometimes find myself, if people don't respond the way I totally expect them to, to something or don't invite me, those IRS words. goes back. I go, I go right back and to being in high you say school. That. <laughs> interesting you say that because I thought, oh, kind of, I've, I've gotten past that. Certainly I've already dealt with that. But when you said that and the way you said it, it made me think, you know, yeah, sometimes it's not, we all get left out. I mean, it's going to be the nature of things either intentionally or unintentionally. So when that happens recently, I thought, well, okay. It brought me back to a day when I wasn't 
so liked is that's what's happening again. It's all about, it's all about us. Of course. Of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes it very hard. So, you know, going back to that trust, like I have a hard time trusting that people want me around or that more than that, I have a hard time trusting that my actions aren't going to somehow cause people to reject me okay. or want to ignore me. So I'm very hard on myself. So you essentially are talking about you not feeling you're enough. Right, exactly. And that's another huge reason for loneliness is not feeling like you're enough. You're not good enough for you. What I mean, you hear this a lot. Yeah. You see it out in a lot of discussion. What does it mean you you don't think you're enough? You're enough what? You're not pretty enough. You're not uh, funny enough. You're not engaging enough. You have... Uh, medical conditions that make you not enough. Uh, well, I mean, what what is this feeling? Yeah. Why do we? Why do women? Why do we carry this throughout every part of our lives? And you know, it's obvious that we do because one of the most popular memes on Instagram is "You are enough." Right. You are enough. It's a statement that we say to each other. It's a mantra. Right. Many women grasp for "I am enough." I think for me, what it means, what what I think it's supposed to mean anyway, is that I don't need all the external that me, myself, and I am enough. But, but for me personally, that is not enough because of my, I need that connection to God and right. I need that connection. So I need it vertically in right. my spirituality and right. I need it horizontally with my relationships with other women, with my husband, with my children. And if any of those are disconnected, if I feel a disconnect, I'm out of sorts and I begin to feel very lonely and sad. Yes. Yes. Good point. Because when you're talking about your children and then and that, and that's a disconnect or your husband, it's true. All of the lines of, of connection, of friendship, because no one person, your friends, your husband, anybody, no one person can be all things to you. No, nor should they. Nor should they. No, they really shouldn't be. So if you bring that group together, the, probably that sort of inner circle, the most important people of your life, which is your children um, and your spouse, if you ha happen to have one, uh, and, your fr and your closest friends, mm -hmm. if there is a breakdown in any of that, then that really is puts you out of sorts. It does. It really. And makes, you don't think it, about it at the time. Right. You may not even realize it. You may not even until you like sit down and actually think, why am I feeling this way? Right. Why, why did I wake up feeling sad? Or why, why am I not feeling productive today or connected to my life today? Right. Like I normally am. And it could be you know, you want to check any of those connections, you know, horizontally, vertically, all of the above. And here's an interesting thing. Proximity and activity don't always lead to connectivity. That's right. Really. So point. you can be around people doing things with people and still feel totally disconnected. Yes. Because it's just surface stuff. Right. It's what we're eating, what the husbands, what the children are doing, who's doing what, what plans are going on. Da, 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 da. Um, and then where is the discussion about how are you really feeling? Exactly. How, I mean, and I know at a dinner table of five friends or six friends and you know, husbands might be, I don't know if you do this sometimes, we have all of our friends, the guys are on one end and the women are the other. But it's a large group. It's kind of hard. If it's a small group, no. But say in a larger group like that, a social mm -hmm. setting, it's hard to get into heavy discussion, but it's not so much heavy discussion. It's, it's sort of a, 
connected discussion. It's a connection. Yeah, it's a connection to, at, to understand at a deeper level what's happening with that person, um, Absolutely. or what you can maybe gain from what that person's going through. And they're trying to help or whatever. Yeah. Does that make any sense or my blithering? Okay. No, that makes total sense. And I agree 100% with that. I think that one of the things that we need to be really careful about is that we don't become so busy with things yes. or doing or even being that we don't actually have those times to connect in the way that's going to feed us. And you know, the interesting thing is for each and every person, that's going to be different because we're all so unique. Yes. Like some people really connect by doing something together. Men actually yes. have much more connection Sports. by doing, yeah, yeah uh, your husband, if you have a husband, if you have a spouse, a brother, right. a son, they're going to, you're going to connect more to them by actually doing something with them. I would agree. Whether you go to a sporting event or you work on the car together or you do a project together, that's actually going to bring more of a sense of connection right. with a guy. Then with women, we want most of the time, we want that kind of either quality time right. or we want to have deep conversation or we just want to laugh or we just want to laugh and, and be like want, a kid and laugh for me too. Another thing that's hugely important is I want to, I can connect to people when I know that I can be 100% myself yes. with them. If I have to pretend to be somebody that I'm not, because I know that's, what's going to make them not judge me or not like me or whatever. I'm not really going to connect with them. I can look like I'm having a great time with you. Sure. But if that's in the back of my mind, like, Ooh, careful. Don't laugh too loud. Don't talk too loud. Don't, don't talk about this subject. Don't do that. Oh no. Life's then I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah, then I'm not uh -huh. really going to be able to have connection with you. Right. Cause I've been told there's been times when I've been told I'm a lot. That I'm I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> I have heard Dave a similar a, thing. Yeah, yes. Dave thinks that's a good thing. <laughs> it is right. So sometimes I'm told I'm intimidating. Yeah, I don't. I mean, me intimidating? That's yeah. ridiculous. So kind of, you're well, not intimidating. No, I don't no, think so. Not at all. Well, we need well, to come closer to a close. Yes, you know we, do. we try to promise oh, we our audience. We always try to keep you right around that 25 minute mark. And I have a feeling this may be a topic we're going to really need to explore some more because loneliness really is. I think one of the deep issues um, that women face that women face that especially as we do start to get older because busyness changes circumstances change and we no longer have um we no longer have those norms and so we have to find a new normal is right. that that's probably a a way of well, saying we're it. changing into new normals we, yes. and your friends yes long standing friends new friends we're all adjusting all at different rates and different times based on where we all are in our yeah. lives and our journey. Absolutely. So absolutely. Well, I have a little quote that I just want to end with to encourage all of you guys. There's an abundant need in this world for your unique brand of beauty. Yes, it is. Yes. And to share that with, we have to share that share with that one another, with one another. So find your connections, guys, find them vertically, spiritually, and find them horizontally with your relationships, with your friends, with your um, spouses, your significant others, with your children, and try to walk in that daily, try to stay connected. And we'll spend some time again. Uh, we have two more podcasts yep. for the month. 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit about attracting new friends, different times of life, how different strategies and things that work with that based on last week's podcast. And we'll talk a little bit more about the loneliness issue and how do you find true connection? What stimulates that? What kinds of activities might stimulate that um, at different times, especially in the age, you know, grade that we're look, talking exactly. about what we find we're facing the most. So Got any ideas or things you'd like to share with us, please don't ever hesitate. Or if you have a question that you feel from these first two podcasts that you would like to raise, don't hesitate to either email us at hello at debbieandveronica.com or just DM us on any of the social media platforms. Okay, so, and I hear Lola's. Yeah, Lola. yeah. they've been a little noisy today, yeah. but not as bad as Maybe usual. not too bad. So <laughs> anyways, you guys have a great, great rest of your week and we will see you next Monday. Bye. All right. Well, good morning. I mean, no. Oh, good morning. Good morning. This is the Debbie and Veronica show. Woo-hoo. Okay. So. No, that's not right. Never. Never.